Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, episode number 36. Bosh, 36. That was quite good, I was off the dome. Yeah, off the dome. Off the dome. Knowledge is flying. I'll tell you what is off the dome. This week's end of football, the weekend, as yeah, it's known. Yeah, it's been tapped. That right, was off the top rope. Like, the results have just been all over the place. And it's just been, yeah, it's just been a weird one. And we're going to start at probably the highlight fixture of the weekend, the the one that's probably got everyone talking. Yeah, one of the games of the season, I'd say. Arguably. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4, the one that kicked off the weekend of football. Wow, wow, wow. What a game. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Do you want to know where I was when I was watching this game, actually? Where were you? I was in uh, London in a place called Slim Chickens. Ah, okay. Like a little chicken fast food place. Nice. Mate unbelievable chicken but like they've got um tvs what, in for, like booths for fo- football mate i sat there eating like chicken wings and Love shit that. some little bit of like texan toast and all that it was it was good you know and then i look up and ollie watkins has put one past ramsdale ollie watkins scores against us all the time i've said this multiple it times it was a good goal you know it was a good good goal he yeah the little step over to, to the left and then bosh i mean Saliba, one-on-one, he's probably one of the best defenders in the league. As an attacker, probably him and Van Dijk, you think, fuck me, it's going to be a long day if you come up one-on-one against them. But Ollie Watkins done so good. He, yeah, he had him for pace, yeah. had him for pace, and then took a really good first touch away from Saliba. And then it's well hard to do that when you're going away from goal to drill it into the other far post. Did it well. You've got to like counter your momentum, haven't you? Because Yeah, it was a good goal. Ollie Watkins, yeah, top player against us. His he, finishing he, he, is shit. He is a good player, but, but yeah, he's, he, like in front of goal, he's just like, he's like an offside merchant and yeah. always just like, just can't find a target. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, good player and it was a good goal. And it sort of set the precedent for the game. I thought it was a bit nervy to start from both teams. Uh, Philip Coutinho got, had his first start since like December or something. It was something mad. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. Whenever a team is in like a bad patch or a player's in a bad patch, like Everton hadn't won in a million years, we give them a win. Coutinho hadn't scored a goal since, I think it was last October, we give him a goal. Sounds about right. If you want to get your form back, your momentum up, bosh, come play Arsenal. Although, yes, the first half we were shit. So off the pace. I think we're a little bit rattled by... Recent results. Recent results. Um, One point from the last three games. Not great when you're battling it out with Man City, who are an absolute points machine. Um, so, yeah, as soon as you go behind and you're losing the last few, you think, shit, is our title race crumbling? And then you equalise. We're quite good at that. We equalise quite quickly. Um, and we've been quite good at that this season. Where Big boy, Bukayo. When we could, well, the, the finish was disgusting, man. Let's talk the, about Bukayo the, the, the for a second. to you, um, Thierry Henry as well. Yeah, that was nice. Bukayo. Mate, he caught that. I, I, I gas him up so much and it's because he's my baby boy. I love him. He's genuinely like the jewel in the crown for our team. And I've, I've run out of like um, ways to describe him. But for a kid at 20 years old to put an entire title challenge pretty much on his shoulders, it's fuck. The kid's different, mate. Yeah, and it was an unbelievably caught strike to uh, yeah. just absolutely send it past. I mean, Martinez... Who we'll talk about later. He had a bit of a madness game. Yeah, we'll um, talk about him. But yeah, and then so yeah, was what was it? One all, and then they scored Genio again. Scored, yeah, it was a nice goal from Villa. The the little fake from Buendia. Yeah, was, yeah, it was and a well worked goal. I think this game you really noticed the lack of Thomas Party in the midfield. Mm. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. 
I think Jorginho has actually been quite good. Yeah, he had but a really doesn't... good game against City, even though we lost. Yeah. And in this game, the whole team were pretty bad in the first half, so you don't want to single him out. But like you said, you notice when Arsenal have to defend, and especially defend in transition, my guy looks like he's running through like treacle, mate. He's so slow. Both of their goals came from Arsenal transitioning from attack to defence. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't... Like immediate counter attacks, but it was you could see Arsenal falling back into defensive positions where yeah. lines of um, channels for pass and stuff like that, like channels where Thomas Partey probably would have yeah. stepped in to cut off the, that that pass. Line. You know what it reminds me of? Do you know when we played Man United and they had that one counter attacking opportunity where they played it through to Anthony and he was clear one on one, and Thomas Partey done this fat like across the pitch yeah. sprint and beat Anthony to the ball. You're not going to get that from Jorginho. His no. covering pace is just... It's slower than me. And I'm not blessed with pace. But um, I, you've seen all those clips of like Jorginho like running besides the referee when there's like a transition. And he's just so much slower than pretty much every standard Premier League referee. Bless him. But what I do like about Jorginho, and we'll get onto it in the second half, his attacking IQ is higher than Thomas Partey's by, I'd say, a decent amount. Thomas Partey is really good at what he does is he he's that one DM. He's the best solo DM in the league, in my opinion. He'll get the ball back every single time and give it to Odegaard and let Odegaard make the attacking movements. Whereas Jorginho won't win it back every time. So you lose that element of defensive stability. But he can play attacking balls like Odegaard. He doesn't do it as consistently as Odegaard. But he can play... Um, he'll spray it left and right to Martinelli and Saka. He'll do a couple of times this game, he's done that kind of like dinked ball into the six-yard box. He offers a wider range of attacking passing. So you get that element. And I think what everybody's saying when we signed Jorginho is the games where we are super dominating, he'll be perfect because mm-hmm. you don't get caught on the counter as much. And when you play City... You're not super dominating. And the first half of this Aston Villa game, we weren't super dominating. But the second half of the Aston Villa game, dominated them like to no ends. And that's when he came into his element. He was, him and Odegaard were just picking up spaces, playing some nice, intricate um, attacking movements around the edge of the box, finding the attacking runners. And that's where we looked really dangerous. So many ideas on the ball. I think, like, for me, it's weird because you guys have been like, the amount of goals from your field is is outstanding. Mm. But this game especially, I thought you had like, Odegaard had a really clear-cut open chance to have scored. Yeah, Eddie Eddie in the last few games had a few chances where he, like the XG would have been astronomical. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are scoring like the harder goals, like the Zinchenko goal. I know (laughs) the Jorginho goal, like it's it's still a great strike. I know it doesn't doesn't go indirectly, but it's a great strike. And like the Bakayo, it's, it's not a really, it's not a super high XG guy. It's in a good position, nah, yeah, but there's hard, a lot of bodies yeah, yeah, between yeah. him. And he's also, it's like counting, it's coming off like a deflection, isn't it? So the way he catches it. But like, it is weird to me that you guys are making it so hard for yourselves. Like, And maybe the stars are aligning for Arsenal to win the league this season because they've managed to come back from like in the 90th minute or whatever, win yeah. 4-2 and like two goals in 90 plus. City couldn't grab an extra second goal against Forest to save their life. Like this in, I heard this on T4 earlier that you said in the next dimension along from us, we're talk, sat here talking about how City are now in the driving seat for the yeah, league. 100%. But it is weird. And some, something that I noticed, especially across the, um, the City game in this game, 
this game, the uh, Oli Watkins goal, it comes from Zinchenko losing the ball. Mm. Last game, Zinchenko lost the ball for, I think, Haaland's goal. Yeah, probably. He like he like tried to like do a back heel into his own box or something. I can't remember. Oh yeah, on the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. We've we've really given Zinchenko the plaudits this season. I still think he has been outstanding. Like and especially when he scored the goal against Villa, he he literally like no celebrations, was straight back into this great mentality. He has made a couple of mistakes though. Yeah, which I I probably wouldn't expect from a player like him. Yeah, I do agree. I think the last couple of games he has had a couple of moments. But I think what you what you put that down to is he is given that kind of license to make mistakes by Arteta. He has got Zinchenko in saying, you're going to be the one to take risks. Ben White, you're going to settle into that um, defensive line, be the free. Zinchenko, you're the one that's going to get the ball. You see, he always tucks in and some points he's ended up on the right-hand side. Some points he's playing like a in the 10 position. He's allowed to just roam, take risks. He does. You often see him push into that like that left eight. Exactly. Like. And so he's just allowed to take more risks on the ball than, say, Ben White or, say, Xhaka. Xhaka is either making that kind of late midfield run or he's tucking into left back. He's not allowed to make as many risky decisions. Whereas Zinchenko, I think Arteta must just like his footballing IQ and can be like, yeah, I trust you to take risks when it's going to, like, the gamble is worth it. Do you it. think... Well, I mean, like, the, the gamble where he lost the ball in the Villa game, I, I didn't see... I think that's just a moment... That's just poor play, I think, personally. Mm. But I also think... and But that's early on. It's early on the game. Whereas later on in the game, I could, you could sort of expect it when he's the sort of player you'd look to, to he'll go, look, this is me. I am I am that guy. And I'm going to take on that, that right winger and quickly beat the man. We're going to have that extra space then to play into because they're we're going to call one of their midfielders or their right back to come press me and we're going to free up space for someone else. So it is maybe the, sort of that mentality. But I don't think, I, I know I brought it up, but I don't think it's anything to like look too deep into. Mm. Um, the Trossard versus Martinelli debate, I think it's weird because you're looking at two players who, although quite similar, quite different, Martinelli potentially a bit more explosive, I'd say Tross are probably more intricate in a system of play. But, I, and I think if you're, if you have one, both of them 100% fit, they're like, they both had, had Martinelli's played a long string of games, mm. long string of games. And yeah, his output has fallen off a bit. Mm. Um, but like, he's not got the same link up with Jesus because Inketi is obviously in that role at the minute. So his role has changed inadvertently because of that. So, I think having the the, the Trossard dynamic there yeah. is really interesting because it does give you something different in an area of the pitch where you're not so sure what you do have. Yeah, I think the thing with Martinelli and um, his drop-off in form, I'd say he's still doing the same things, but with Zinchenko taking on more of like a central midfield role, he's leaving. I'll see if I... I saw... Um, a path map from, I think it was the City game or it might have been the Everton game. Um, and you can see how isolated Martinelli is. I'll send it to you and you can whack it in the vid. Um, but you can see that like Ben White and Saka on that side, because that um, duo is so solid, so consistent, and Ben White has white a very specific role. It's go into the rest defence with Saliba and Gabriel or overlap with Saka. There is pretty much his only two roles. Whereas, like, because Zinchenko has the license to do pretty much anything on the pitch. He can go over to the right, play in the middle, overlap, underlap, 
play the 10, whatever. It leaves Martinelli not really knowing what Zinchenko's going to do. And he can't build this kind of underlap, overlap relationship because Zinchenko's all over the place. So what Martinelli is having to do is deal with the winger of the opposing team and that sided fullback doubling up on him. And he's got no one to kind of really like... Play off. Yeah, play yeah, off. Yeah. Whereas Saka does. And so Martinelli is getting isolated. And so I think it's nice now that we have another option in Trossard who can do a different thing to Martinelli, where Martinelli's more like hold the touch line and drive at the fullback. Trossard's quite good at linking up play. He'll tuck in. But yeah, I think Martinelli's drop-off in form is just because his link-up with Zinchenko is very different to Saka's with Ben White. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And... I mean, commonly, I think your run of fixtures now is quite favourable. I don't think you've got... It's right. It's not as favourable as City's, but it's favourable. You've got City again in just under a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, so next we've got Leicester. Then we've got Everton again, which is sticky. And then I think it's Brentford City. Yeah, it's actually not that good, is it? No. I mean, you'd hope to probably get nine points out of the, every game apart from the one against City. But yeah. I think this title race is a few more twists and turns to go. Like We're not even near the end point of the season, really. Yeah, what was I watching earlier? We've got I was like 20, what, 26 games? 28? Yeah, so this is game week 26 coming up. Yeah. Oh, 25. Um, but yeah, who was I watching earlier? I was watching a podcast and someone said that like they thought that once City had beaten Arsenal, City were just going to steamroll and get like pretty much undefeated until the end of the season. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think them and Arsenal are going to be quite similar neck and neck. They'll win two or three on the bounce and then lose one that you think, fuck me, that's the end of the title race. And then the other team will lose one and think that's the end of the title race. I think it'll be very much hit and miss till the end of the yeah, season. And I Especially think, with European football coming back. Yeah, European football coming back. And so I think Arsenal were quite lucky in the sense that... They didn't have to play the extra they're one. Not, yeah. They're not playing the Champions League, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but Whereas, we've got Thursday nights. Yeah, but... And I think we're in with a good chance of winning the Europa League as well. Potentially, but I mean... But then it's like, how much do you weigh that? Would they like turn that side yeah, it's, it's to a win? Hard, it's a hard argument because, you know, yeah, maybe <laughs> you don't want to jeopardise your Premier League chance, but also like, don't throw away the chance of winning the Europa League. it's European the same trophy. with City. This is probably their best chance ever to win the Champions League. Will they turn that away to win I the I mean, Prem? maybe that's why it's a bit favourable for Arsenal because Arsenal, I don't think, could give a... Like, I don't think you really care. Yeah, we don't care as much about the Europa as City do about City the would League, rather, yeah. I think I think City would be very happy they didn't win the league this season. Oh, yeah, 100%. If they won, won the, the Champions League. league. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be massive. We should just make a pact with them. Well, not that we can help them win the Champions League. We could send a couple of players there. So. City are in trouble <laughs> for too many dodgy dealings already. Yeah, yeah, alleged, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. But yeah, um, but yeah I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think a result like this is massive because you were... You, You've had like a bad run. You like you've oh, lost yeah, to Everton. Yeah, yeah. You've drawn against Brentford in sort of like somewhat touchy circumstances with, with the VAR stuff. Yeah, we got shafted. You've got pretty much done by City. I mean, it, it, Arsenal were the better team, but to come away and lose that game three one is going to be devastating, especially mm. to like your yeah, yeah, yeah. imminent rival. Yeah, hundred percent. You've thrown away top position in that game, and then you come into this game and within like a couple minutes you're one 0 down to Ollie Watkins. Unai Emery, good evening. He's he's sat there, mate. He's saying, good morning, guys. And he's slapped Arteta across the face. You know what I mean? Just And and you must be thinking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's like um, Groundhog Day. Mate, and you come out of it in the 98th minute, Emmy Martinez, howler. Howler. 
He loves it as well. I, he oh, I, he mate. saw the fucking headlines, 100%. Emmy Martinez against Arsenal rescues a late draw. Well, it'd be World Cup hero, Emmy Martinez. Suck your mum. As Unai Emery said, no keeper goes up and scores a header. That happens uh, one in a million times. It's Alison. Oh, Senit Dieng. <laughs> it happens like one in a million times. As a manager, and then I think Emery must have been thinking, oh, I didn't. I didn't give the go-ahead for this donut to run up. In the words of Stormzy, is he getting big weight? Uh, no, that, that, <laughs> a little bit too big for his boots. A little bit too big for his boots. He actually might be because I think he he's got an he's like got an ego undoubtedly. Yeah, but and do you know what? I think keepers need it. it works, I don't mind it. Ninety percent of the time, it yeah. works for him. He's a great keeper. He's yeah, literally yeah. won the World Cup. Have an ego. I like. The, I love watching it. It's, it's great entertainment from a yeah, mutual fan point of view. And if he plays for you, you love it. Yeah, he's but one of those players to a T. When it goes wrong, and I'm not saying he, he like he was shit housing, like he wasn't. He actually wasn't a massive shit house this game. No, a little bit of time wasting. Uh, <laughs> time wasting from like whenever Ollie Watkins scored the first okay, goal. I okay. think from like the 13th minute. But the Jorginho strike and it rattles back in off his head, and it is if the stars haven't aligned, yeah. For us to win the league, they have now because Martinez scoring a goal off the back of his own head, mate. Yeah. See you later. The ball's in the back of the net. It's it's just you couldn't write it. It's poetry in motion. Yeah. The f- Love's got the world in motion. The Premier League story writers are do. loving it. I was saying to you before the pod, it's nuts that we were playing Chelsea earlier in the season. Xhaka and Jorginho were having a scrap in the game. Fast forward to now, and they're lovers. Jorginho is giving Xhaka a piggyback as they celebrate Jorginho scoring a last-minute winner for Arsenal. From s- scrapping to shagging. Scrapping to shagging. I love But story. don't do that. We don't like scrapping and shagging. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, Say we're no going to come back after violence. the break and we're going to be talking about Manchester City. Or, as we called them a couple of pods ago, Manchester Shitty. Potentially. Are they better or worse at Harland? Who knows? We're not going to talk about that again because everyone's uh, run that topic yeah, into the ground. Are be, oh, they better or worse with Foden? Oh, oh, Steve Cooper. What a man. What a man. The man, the myth, the legend. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's the man right now. He is. But it's, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of people drawing up the list for a potential uh, manager of the seasons. I personally don't think you can look past Arteta if, if Arsenal win the league. Yeah, I yeah think that's 100%, a given. 100%. But without being boring and saying shit like that, I would go, I think you've got to go Marco Silva or Eddie Howe. Yeah. But I really like underrated managers of the season, Stevie Coops mm-hmm. and Deserby. Well, I think Stevie Coops was written off. Yeah, 100%. I, I, like, Marco Silva came in, well, Fulham came into Premier League pretty much done well from day one. They beat Liverpool on the opening day, didn't they? I'm coming for you every single other podcast that said, oh, Nottingham Forest have made too many signings. They won't be able to gel their squad. They're going straight back down. No, that's pathetic, shit podcastery. And right now off the dome, got too many to list that said that. Too many, but he's gonna he's gonna write a tweet longer. Don't but worry. I'll have a receipt. Um, but yeah, literally. Um, where were we? We're talking about Man City Forest before. You, yeah, you went on your run. Since twenty twenty three started, Forest three wins, three draws, one loss. They're just doing it. They're just they That's are. That's like Champions League form. Brennan Johnson flying. Chris Wood, mate. <sighs> Morgan Gibbs White. I was one. So obviously they had a plethora of signings. 
And I like Morgan Gibbs White as a player. On full manager back in the day, he used to be an absolute wonder kid, mate. Getting early from Wolves, isn't it? <sighs> Different gravy. But um He's good. I, I was like, yeah, he's good. But is he million, like forty five mil? But I think I've just come to the conclusion the market is fucked. I saw a tweet earlier that was like, is Jude Bellingham really worth 120 million? Of course he fucking is. Mate. He's 19 years old. Mate. He's probably the most talented English midfielder we've had since like Paul Skulls. He's captain in Germany, um, German like title charging uh, Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund. So he's Champions League, he's like, like he's slapping like, Champions he League. He was about. like the first, the second player to score, the second player under 20 to score like four successive Champions League games. Yeah, so he's slapping Champions League records around. He's captaining a Champions League team. He's nineteen. He was like one of Eng- he was probably England's best player at the Euros. Yeah, of course he's worth one hundred twenty million. He's still under contract as well. When you have got the likes of Mudrik, who's had I think four stinkers in a row now, Mate, costing one hundred million. When you are playing against Chernobyl's finest, <laughs> yeah, genuinely, mate, you can't do nothing. Moises Saicedo, yeah, he's all right, but eighty million, eighty million for him. Jude Bellingham. Should be worth. If I see those, yeah. If I see those numbers, I'm like, fam, uh, 200 mil minimum. So don't even talk to me about Jube. You didn't like my most talented midfielder since Paul Scholes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Paul I'd say was like, Michael Carrick is better. I'd say Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard were better midfielders. They had like the output, the but like technical ability, like Foden tech wise. Um, Paul Scholes had that tech. Jack Wilshere, more talented. Yeah, but he's been absolutely shagged. And I hope that doesn't No, happen. no, no. But like in terms of just pure talent, yeah. Wilshere came on the scene and he was... He's actually done a Jude Bellingham, didn't he? Cause no, he's done, he done the opposite. He, he, well, like, he done a Jude Bellingham in the sense that like, Jude Bellingham had that kind of coming-of-age Champions oh, yeah, League yeah. performance against Man City where everyone was like, oh, he's going to go... against Barca, right? And Wilshere yeah. against Barca. So he's done that. But then, yeah, Wilshere just got absolutely played into the ground and his legs are made of creme brulee. But um, yeah. Bellingham, this is a completely different topic, but Bellingham worth like so much money. Also, oh, yeah, so... Uh, oh, Morgan gives uh, white. Morgan gives white, yeah. 45 mil, I was like, oh, a little bit steep, but he's looking like worth every penny because he is dictating the attacking movements that Nottingham Forest do so well. He's linking up with Brendan Johnson so well. And whoever they play up top, Chris Wood, Awanee, um, who's that new guy? Uh, Scarpa, him as well. Yeah, I really like what Gibbs White did. He's well. I think this season, role. this season has proven to everyone that Jesse Lingard is just is not he's not it. Yeah. He needs to go to the MLS, mate. I saw like West Ham fans in the summer calling like, "Let's spend forty million on Jesse Lingard, mate." That is an absolute. Do- not had, they're doing shit, but he had he Jesse had an Lingard, absolute yeah. like the golden streak of form. But I don't think he's ever coming back. I don't think he's it. Mate, he's too busy making TikTok. Have you seen his TikTok? I, I don't... Do you know what? Whatever makes you happy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and comfort someone who, who's just trying to be happy. I don't think he's a bad guy. No, neither do and, I. And, 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 you make know, a couple it, less TikToks, it, mate. mate. If he wants to act like a 20-year-old <laughs> when he's like, what, 28, 29, 30, yeah. whatever, let him be. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's, he's not hurting anyone. But he's I hurting think, me. I don't think it's... I don't think that it is it. No. So, yeah... But yeah, Steve Cooper done really well. And I, City were just, they were unbelievable this game. Yeah. But it's just, it, they are in some sort of slump. And I, we've spoken to death about Haaland and whether he's a problem or not. You, the conclusion is, it, if you have Haaland in your squad, he's in your team. because he, Yeah, 100%. I saw Pep come out and say that, um, that he was like happy. This is like one of the best performances they've had. But I think they were good. And yeah, I think... I think 
Is that we can't read neon yellow shirt they're wearing? Man? Yeah, I think we can't read too much into it because they had what is it, two point eight one XG? So on genuinely like nine out of ten other versions of this game, you were talking about the other dimension earlier. In the nine other dimensions that this game is played in, Man City win all of them about three four nil. It's just one of those days where Foden, he was in one-on-one, absolutely shat the bed and I didn't square it. it. Haaland had a sitter, blasted it over the bar. So, um, who was it? I think Laporte had a header that got saved off the line. I think, like... It's one of those if, days. You, you speak about Foden, and like obviously there's been the, the rumours about his, his alcoholism. Luke's adamant this Donny has now. No, no. One day I text Ron saying that Phil, Phil Foden's an alcoholic. He, he had my ankles. I know. But he does have a vape addiction, doesn't it? That's what him coming around. You had a vape. You should. You should get oh, him yeah. on. I've you actually given him vaping. Yeah, really, you should yeah. get him on the straight and narrow that you're on. Yeah, apparently uh, after he doesn't have a goal bonus, he just gets given elf bars. Who was it that was on the bench this weekend that I saw that was putting oh, the tobacco the United thingy. game? Yeah, who was it? No, was it United game? I can't remember what game, but yeah, he was doing the um, what is it called? The nicotine, nic- like nicotine. Gummy shit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was shit. like, what the hell is going on? What, um, who was it, man? It, I think it was, it was it's behind Ten Hag, no? I can't remember. Was it? Oh, no. I no. But yeah, anyway, um, Phil Foden, I think if he plays, if he had played the lot, like 90 minutes or 70 minutes in the last, like, four or five games, he makes that pass to Haaland. Yeah. I think in his head, he's one on one with the keeper. He's got the defender closing him down, and he's like, our goal here could really like help me yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I I mean I haven't I'm played not in Pep's like yeah starting eleven and it's understandable he gets caught in two minds the ball gets caught on the street you look at strikers they come back and they have to shake off that rust or miss a few easy chances same thing for like midfielders midfielders they'll, they'll shake a pass like they absolutely shank it to no man's land mm. where they will make that pass every time with their playing ninety minutes so I don't think there's anything to be worried about I think you got to look at him and think he's getting in that, those positions though yeah and that. That position is where you want someone playing off of Haaland. Mm. Get him in the 10 roll. Pep Guardiola right now. I'm talking to you. Josep Guardiola. Forenamed him. Pep. You're having issues. I will solve your issues, right? Phil Foden in the 10. Yeah. Phil Foden in the 10. Behind De Bruyne in the 8. And just let Rodri do his thing, yeah? Jack Grealish. No Gundogan or Bernardo Silva. Don't matter, man. Oh, they're good, though. Yeah, they are good. No, no, no. Besides, Bernardo Silva, right wing. I think Mares is. Mares is a. I think Mares is a. Mares is player. my. Uh, nah, he's the I best City player this season, barring Haaland. He is. I don't know about the that. The guy team. is a tech god. I think Jack Greenish has been really impressive this season. Yeah. Since, I think, since, since I the think, end of the World Cup, I think pre World Cup he wasn't that great. But all I'm saying he's is. He's yeah. doing well this. Uh, Why are we year. arguing? Why are we arguing? Because. We've had a bit. Phil Foden. <laughs> Phil the last Foden couple of episodes, we haven't had ten. beers. Phil Foden in the tennis, what we've been calling out for. Last couple of episodes, we haven't had beers and we've been right. getting on swimming. Okay. Swimming. Swimming. It's swimmingly. But we've had a couple of beers now because we're watching the Liverpool It's all going to kick off on the board or Euro Tour. And uh, yeah, now we're absolutely on each other's Right. Net. How would you set up City but get Foden in the 10? Or do you not think Foden in the 10 is the answer? No, it is. Um, and I think we're at a stage now where, and I, I might get absolute daggers for this but in my opinion De Bruyne is on his way out what De Bruyne the best to ever do it in central midfield no 
But I think Mate, that is a that's an well. I was gonna say it's a stinky opinion. It's an opinion. I I think he he's still great. And in a team like Man City, you don't need that turn of pace to kind of win the ball back as easily because you've got so many men around you that are just gonna suffocate the team. But he he's just getting so caught. many men around you. That's how, we, yeah. that's how we like it. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> what, like erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> um, De Bruyne. <laughs> De Bruyne. Headline, breaking news. De Bruyne loves erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> anyway, what am I talking about? De Bruyne, I think he's getting a little bit burnt for the pace and he needs to do like a, one of those moves where he comes out the 10, moves into central midfield, deeper. I don't think he plays in the 10 for City though. Like, Well, I think they like... Because because that they, position they, are so, they are so technically Fluid. good and they are so um well yeah they're very well endowed across the pitch just like everyone is un- unreal right everyone's, everyone's, got, massive cock. everyone's got those <laughs> massive football brains big football boots mm. big football brain um but yeah he like he's quite he plays like a 10 but he's very deep yeah. But he all picked the ball up on the halfway line all the time. He doesn't play centrally either. He plays a little bit out to the right or left, depending on if Bernard still was playing that role, if uh, Gundogan's too inside. I think if you play De Bruyne, you need workhorses around him. You need Bernardo Silva because he's so tenacious. And then I, I like Jack Grease's work rate this season. He's I, I didn't think he had that in him. And I think that's a combination of him. I think he didn't have it in him, but has like got it in him because everybody I around him is doing it. He's clicked what he needs to and fit into the he's like, shit, if I don't put the work in, I'm going to fall out of this I, team. I think we saw him put the work in and then his attacking output fell. Yeah. And I think he's now sort of getting that confidence back where he's like, oh, instead of making the pass, I might... Pep's like, go, go for the... You can take on the man, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, you can break the system to an extent. Yeah. And he is getting to more dangerous positions. He's playing off his striker more, whereas at Villa... He would, but he would fucking striker off. The f- striker doesn't matter. You just get into the box. But you know what yeah, I've decided right. to get um, De Bruyne and Foden in. You play four four two. So you do, um, like Foden. So you one. do a midfield of Rodri and De Bruyne, mm-hmm. and then you do Foden off of Haaland. Foden off of Haaland. Yeah, I mean, so that's not too far off what I was saying. Like. You go for like a... And then you can swap him with Julian Alvarez if Foden's not working. Yeah, you go for like a 4-3-3. So it doesn't really matter who City have in the back line. I mean, you got Edison. Yeah. Probably Carl Walker at his peak. you got D- maybe Diaz and Laporte. Yeah. Or Stones even. Stonesy. Yeah. I mean, left back role is, is something that they probably well, need to look general. at into investing in. And yeah, then, yeah, Rodri, one of the best DMs in the world. You know, probably up there with in the league in terms of like Thomas Partey, Declan Rice... Um, not Fabinho, maybe Cashmere, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think you play De Bruyne as sort of like a sitting, like like a, in terms of like a football, uh, like a football manager term, like a deep line playmaker, because mm. he doesn't need, like he has been explosive in the past. Maybe save your legs a little bit now, try to extend your career a bit, play that deep line role. You've got the technical ability to do it. Phil Foden as that sort of like, like a really advanced eight where he's like bordering on like sitting that 10 roll, but yeah. he's playing in that pocket behind the striker. Yeah, maybe you need to get like an inverted left winger because Jack Greenish loves to hug the t- touchline. Mm. He's not really an inverted left winger. I think maybe you bring in an inverted left winger and then you play either... Kovacelia. Huh? Kovacelia. Kovacelia, yeah. It, it, unbelievable player. 
I've got to show you. I mean, I've been finding the funniest awesome men TikToks on. Uh, oh really? Mate, Come yeah. on. Some of them are very sus- suspect. <laughs> Some of them okay. are very suspect. You'll know. But it's like the song's like Aussie man, <laughs> banger. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for City to grow into learning how to utilize Haaland perfectly in the system. Like, yeah, yeah, never, he's so different to what they've had for like the last five years. Um, and yeah, I mean, th- there is no one, one right answer, but it is to play for Foden in the 10. Yeah. Utilise him. I'm, I'm just talking I'm, to you as well, Gareth. Or maybe, mate, he- hear me out, right? Summer comes. Real Madrid. Knock, knock. Nice. Is Kevin home? Uh, Here is 80 million. Uh, and I, you know what? 80 million for Kevin De Bruyne are, no matter who what, you are, 31? that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good right. deal. Right, uh, like a bit out. Cruz is yeah. out. Cruz is out. Yeah, yeah. You're like Barcelona storming La Liga. We need to do something. It's a big money yeah. move. Eighty million. Go to the bank. On the way to the bank, you stop at the shop, and Pep's like, "Who's that in the window? Who's that doggy in the? It's Jude Bellingham. No, Bellingham. Rodri Bellingham Foden. That would be nice." But if I was Pep in that window, I'd instead of going to Germany, I'd take a one-way plane to Naples, Naples and get Cavaracchelia. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm up for either. I I just want to see. Bellingham. I want to see Cavaracchelia in the prem. I want to see Bellingham in the prem. I want to see both. They'll both be in the prem by Can you imagine? this yeah. time next year. They'll both be in the prem. I don't know. Cavaracchelia could be at any club in the world. Bellingham will be in the prem this summer. Yeah. Cavaracchelia might not January. be this summer, but January. Like a January like panic buyer. Yeah, from Chelsea. Yeah, mate. Him, <laughs> Madrid, yeah. all lining up. But um, yeah, no. Nah, and you know who'll be playing? You know who'll be playing? Callum Hudson, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. He'll be there number oh. one starter, man. Oh, mate, it's just a weird one. This game we've just thrown us. We're clearly just sat here waffling for like... But yeah, Man City, I wouldn't read too much into it. On another day, you win 4-0. Yeah, but Forrest, love you for helping the title charge continue. And I think top half finish is on for Forrest. I think it was it's mad because literally about six weeks ago we were literally like yeah Forest pretty much down Bournemouth yeah. pretty much down Bournemouth are pretty much down but they got a win <laughs> yeah what the fuck's going on but yeah they got a fucking win against Wolves our predictions don't look at them they've been stupid yeah, but I think this our predictions are bad but it but underlies the magic allowed. of the Premier League yeah this week it was allowed because no no I think most weeks is allowed because the Premier League <laughs> you can't predict it it's yeah. unbelievable that's why it's the Facts. best league in the world Facts. Um, but yeah should we move on to a little talk about Liverpool? I just want to stop off at London to say Chelsea, your dog shit. Um, Should we talk about QPR for the last like last segment? Let's yeah, let's talk, let's talk about QPR. Let's like QPR sat the manager. Yeah, so we sat Neil Critchley. He was um, stinking up the guy. Flashback to when Luke was saying on the pod, um, "We're going up." There was a point in time where Arsenal top of the league, QPR were top of the league, and it was happy days on the Boardroom podcast. Luke, what's gone it's, wrong? Do you know what? It's a, it's a weird time in my life because I have rapidly fallen out of love with football. <laughs> I've, had, I've had to find, you know, like, I haven't cheated on QPR yet, but I've, I've had to find my pleasure in football from other areas. The bloody Gooners. Union Berlin, whatever the fuck's going on, the Premier League <laughs> madness. Um, I've really enjoyed watching Napoli. I mean, Como I've, and Ajax. Como and Ajax, two great clubs. Um, but yeah, I've just been exploring lots of like other areas of football where I haven't really 
look before because just when I look back at home, back inside myself, it's just depressing because how the fuck have we not won a game in 2012, mate? In 2012? <laughs> 2021. <laughs> 2021, that's still wrong. What are you on about? I just looked, it's a 21 one. 2023. <laughs> I'm all over the place when it comes to keeping We've only had a beer. Um, but yeah, so it's... you had Michael Bill, you were flying. It was a very good piece of recruitment. October, we were top of the He league. was kind of touted as like this manager that hadn't been given experience, but everybody in the scene knew kind of knew he was. he was a tactical mind. Turns out he's shit. You got him in. Done he, well. he was doing very well. And then Wolves came sniffing around. Yeah, Wolves came sniffing around. We didn't win a game for five games. put out an absolute piece of marketing masterclass. I can't be the first to bail. I can't be the first to jump ship. I'm the captain. I am the captain now. Look at me. (laughs) And then... No one's jumping off the ship. Bosh. Two weeks later, Rangers come calling and he's, he's up there sucking dick behind the garages at Ibrox. Whatever. He's he's having to eat, but he's having a bit. Of, I don't think they like him. I don't think they like him. Yeah, they're not doing too great. They're, they're conceding goals. Goals. And, but mate, I'm here to watch them burn. I'm anyway, here to watch you them get burn. Neil Critchley in. Neil Critchley, and do you know Who's what? Another. It was an all right appointment. Neil Critchley done very well at Blackpool. His very CV's well at Blackpool. Not bad. Um, went to Villa as Steven Gerrard's assistant manager, and that didn't work out too well. But I, I think Neil Critchley is actually a good manager, and I think he he's going to go to another job and do really well. Mm. I just think we are in a weird place and we are not like just two mantras just didn't meet. Not it like didn't click. The players I don't know just yeah, it's not good. But twelve games we won his first game against Preston and we went twelve games without a win. Mm. We are now like six points off relegation. Bear in mind we were top of the league in October. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's not bad. That I'm not be funny yet. Les Ferdinand. Les, we're talking to you. Les Ferdinand, I've got. I'm gonna come for you after the break because I've noticed how long we're since recording, and I've got some words. I don't know if we've said this before, but we have a camera that cuts off every 20 minutes, so we need to like get up and then um, restart the camera every time. So yeah, I'll it's not that we're just weird. I'll be back. We are weird, but yeah. In your job, yeah, because I know in my job, if I made the wrong decision for like five years in a row, mm. just constantly making wrong, bad decisions. One, I wouldn't be earning 400 grand a week or 400 grand a year. I was going to say, fucking hell, he's a good footballer. I would not be earning 400 grand a year. Mm. And two, I probably still wouldn't be in that job. Yeah. So when we've constantly got our recruitment and our managerial recruitment wrong yeah. and our backroom staff recruitment wrong, we were meant to be moving into a new stadium. Mm. New stadium has been touted since Tony Flanders was a majority shareholder. He's since taken a step back. He's now a minority shareholder. Amit Matau is, Amit Bhatia, sorry, is the um, majority shareholder. We are in just a place where no one knows what is going on. And I'm looking at the Premier League here and I'm seeing Fulham, like, where are they? Like seventh? Yeah, sixth. sixth. I'm seeing Brentford. Fifth? Brentford flying, yep. New Stadium flying, Bournemouth even little old Bournemouth. No, well, they're, Bournemouth aren't our rivals. I'm looking at Fulham and uh, Brentford. Oh, are close, oh, I'm just talking like, about like rivals, cha- but even like Championship clubs that Chelsea, are coming in. <laughs> I, like Chelsea, are doing shit, but they've spent so much money that one day they're not going to do be shit. Like mm. it's just like where where does it stop? Where do we hold ourselves accountable and say right we've made the wrong decisions because we went through a really sticky period where. 
we came in, Bernie Eccleston, the four-year plan. We got promoted under Warnock. Warnock didn't, like, we didn't give him the time in the Premier League that it, it, we should have. And we went down, we went down under Mark Hughes, spent just an unbelievable amounts of money for that time. Chris Samba, like, what the fuck is that, man? Then we literally go back up and we've got the likes of Joey Barton, fucking Jose Basingwe, and our t- like, it's like the Julio Cesar, man. Yossi Ben Ayun. I actually like Yossi Ben. Yeah, same. He's an Arsenal. He scored. Boy. He scored. A, he scored a, like a last minute winner for us. I think it's Ipswich. Or yeah, I might like be mixing up with Tom Hitchcock. But it was yeah. And but now there is. We had we had such a good build. We 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 we've come back. We've sat in the championship now for years, and we've literally finished sixteenth, 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 whatever. And got to make that push now. We we got Mark Warburton in, and the first season was all right, and then the second season was better, and we were literally like one of the best playing football teams in the league. Mm. Ilias Chair, Chris Woolett came into his own, and yeah. then it fell off a bit, and we had like the stinkiest second half of the season ever, and fell out the playoffs, and. It was like, okay, well, we go again next season. And then he leaves at the end of the season because we literally couldn't win a game to save our life. Getting Michael Bill. Flying again, October. That's good. Re- is Michael Bill's good recruitment, eh? Really good recruitment. But, like, and uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, the problem is, is that it's not, there's no consistency here. Yeah, and I feel like and maybe what's keeping him in his job is like, it's shit, shit, shit. Then good recruitment. So just as, like, maybe he was one away from one shit recruitment away from losing his job and he gets a banger and I that just, gives him like, time. It, it, it's time now for us to move on. Mm. We need to get someone in who can take us further. Yeah. Because the, the ceiling's been hit and I, I know we we don't have the most money to play with in the world. Like we're, we're terrified of FFP after what happened and, mm. you know, but and we want to be a sustainable football club but we bring through good players. You look at the likes of Abere Eze, Ilias Chair. We've revitalised Chris Willett's career. Like, Yeah, if you're a London club, you have a quality academy just well, by default as well. I think if you're a London club of like any stature, you're instantly an attractive, like, yeah, attractive yeah. output yeah, yeah, outfit 100%. to anyone. But yeah, and so moving on to now, we've obviously sacked Neil Critchley and um, I, we think it's going to be Gareth Ainsworth taking over the reins and Ainsworth, I remember watching when I was like tiny and I was I was like a young QPR fan. Him, Martin Rowlands, Mark Bircham, all them man just slapping up in like against like Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Rushton Diamonds, come on, do you remember those? Come on, Rushton Diamonds, mate. We used to play Rushton Diamonds away. Oh, um, but like it was yeah, it was it was mental. And and so he's done really well at Wickham for the last sort of ten years now. Mm, been there taken a from a League Two outfit, pretty much with no budget and. Got them promoted twice. They they only got relegated from the championship last time due to like a 90th minute goal from was it Gavin Mon or in like uh, for Derby. Got them relegated, so he's done well with like pretty much zero budget. His football though at Wickham is pragmat like pragmatic to, to the extreme. Mm. There was like I think when they played was it MK Dons in the playoffs and they won two one over the course of like two legs, but the stats were like. And I can't remember who, who was the guy who went to Martin Russell, the Swansea manager, and or Russell Martin, and he was like number one in stats for like progressive passes, like pass retention, like chances created, everything. Hmm. And Wickham were twenty third in every stat compared Jesus. to, but <laughs> were top in every stat, and Wickham was twenty third. But I, I I feel 
and instantly when we were instantly when we were linked with him, I was quite negative about it and I thought where's the progression? Where's the, the hunger to be like we had um uh, Marty Sifuentes, the Hammerby manager linked and I was like, mate, go get him. He's progressive. He's he's a modern manager. He's, mm. You're looking at all these other clubs going in, bringing in like the likes of Bielsa and bringing the likes of like Wagner and yeah, Marco Silva. Bring like, where is our sort of hunger and desire to be those sort of progressive football clubs taking us? Foreigners like, is what you're saying, mate. I want to see exciting. <laughs> I want to see exciting football. Yeah, Dicky Taka. Yeah, and just new ideas. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't work, and sometimes it does. But like, let's let's be exciting. Let's let's be innovative. And yes. Let's, let's take the, to the the Premier League. Like, but yeah. And so we're going with Aysworth. I'm not too sure what to say about it. I hope it works out. But I think he, like, to be honest, for me, this season now is about staying up. Nah, you'll be fine. So that, I genuinely is about staying up. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm like I put I hold my hands up for the last couple of weeks now. That it's been settling reality. It's a harsh mistress. It is. Yeah. You've been through the ringer. You've had the Mate, highs and the lows. Fucking, like, Chris Wilder's on the market, man. Get me Chris Wilder, bro. Yeah, there's quite a lot of man on the market. Like Jesse Marsh? Jesse Marsh, who I don't mind. I think he might Rafa be. Rafa Benitez is on the market. And he's come out and said that he, he wants it? to stay in England because his family has settled here. Um, I think we might be a bit too low for him. Yeah, but you've got Bielsa, who's on the market. You've, there are managers on the market. Yeah, but like you're you're talking about these like <laughs> Tommy elite, Tuchel. Yeah, you're talking about these elite nah. managers, and nah, like, we're shopping around in League One, mate. Yeah, like, well, I, that's I, yeah, that's it the is. Thing, that's the reality it? of it. Like, yeah. maybe I think we should be progressing somewhere that the ownership and the the board don't think, see. Yeah, may, and I think I know the QPR um, League Supporter Association. Which is the oldest league support association in the in the in the country? Shout out every time they uh, they're having a meeting with the board in some point in March. So hopefully we can sort of align our views and stuff. But it is it's, at the yeah. minute it's quite I think depressing. That's good. Yeah, to it's get quite your views it's aligned. quite it's quite depressing. But yeah. change hopefully can be good. Yeah, I, I think getting your views aligned with the board is always key because that's kind of where so Arsenal were in a stage where it was turmoil and then. We had like all the fucking um, what's it called protests, and Josh Conkey came out and said that we haven't been like transparent enough with the fans, and it's always been his dad Stan that's kind of like the arch nemesis. But yeah. that's because they never really engaged with Arsenal as a club at all on like a fan level. But now Josh is kind of I think Stan is handed. Josh kind of like Arsenal was an asset to Josh and he is very much hands on hands yeah. on and he has meetings with fan associations with Edu and Arteta and you see him in all or nothing and he seems very hands on and involved and I think that's given the fans kind of like this sense of assurance that they're not talking into a void they're talking because I think a lot of times fans they'll talk about the board, but feel like their voices are going nowhere and aren't being heard because the board are this high um, it's, place that it's no weird one because can talk to. For but. QPR, like I, I think our board, of, I, I think our ownership have actually been quite good to us. Like they've stuck around even through like the FFP and mm. that they've like helped us like become more of a sustainable football club. Like our losses are nothing compared to what they are now. Uh, they were, but it seems like they're very loud and very proactive when we're doing well and then when it comes to a call like when we're struggling Hmm. 
it's like you can't you, it's like a, it's an empty void you can't hear anything back yeah. you know you won't get response and i i i just i i want to feel like we are a club who wants to push on and be leaders and be innovative and i don't know whether these are the people who who share the same ideals because yeah. at the end of every club every play every fan wants their club to be the, the team the that's pushing and going on and stuff and like not everyone's going to get that that's just the nature of the beast like only t- three teams get promoted three teams get relegated and that's that's how it's been that's how it probably always will be um but yeah it's it's, it's an interesting one and but i i like a discussion for another day is the fact of financial fair play parachute payments and the gap in the gulf between the Premier League and the Championship because you look at the teams at the top of the, the Championship right now, you've got Burnley, you've got um, Sheffield United, you've got Middlesbrough who are in third, then you've got like Watford, and yeah. Norwich will be up there, like Just West Brom. Where does it stop? Yeah. Where so There's does like it a stop? gap, isn't there? There's a gap between clubs that are like consistently Championship like you and then there's a gap from them to... Yo-yo clubs like Watford, Norwich, Sheffield United. Um, you can come down Fulham. and afford to keep their players. And then and there's buy the gap players, to like yeah. the consistently shit Prem teams like Southampton, Leicester. So there's like tiers of like where you want to be and you're maybe, kind of maybe, in the worst. Maybe we should tiers. do like a little video about it and um, crack on with that. James Lawrence Alcock, come on. Come talk about QPR. While we're on the championship, I want to start a new segment on the pod. And it's going to be, um, oh, that's made me happy. I haven't thought of a good name of oh, it. You're talking about, I know what you're talking about. Ken Semmer came out after the Watford game. Um, he had an absolutely class game. Scored two goals. Came back from an injury. Yeah, um, yeah scored two goals in Watford's 3-2 win over West Brom. I didn't know he had a stammer. But he came out, did the post-match interview. English not his first language either. Yeah, so not English first language, Swedish. Um, yeah. Has a stammer, yeah. Has a stammer. And so, yeah, he's doing... Uh, post-match interview so he's obviously adrenaline high during the match probably knackered he's come out post-match done a interview in a language that's not his first language with a stammer and outstanding and honestly it was just so sick it to was see. heartwarming to see like, yeah yeah it, it's, it's, it's just yeah just cool to see that like it's so people important. that you look up to it's like so imagine important. if you're like, a kid if you're if you, especially if you're, if you're a kid in Watford now yeah. with a stammer and you see like a player you, you think footballers are just like these gods that are like gifted that's it and you think oh no he's got stammer that's that's fine i've got stammer who cares yeah. maybe that's yeah that's a good that's a nice little uh segment yeah. to add in before we go on to our <laughs> weekly stinker predictions the predictions who have we got uh coming up this weekend predictions oh mate kicking off with a stinky one friday actually i keep every time i look at Fulham, i say stinky <laughs> and they're but, like the best thing they, are, league, they are unbelievable yeah they're unbelievable yeah no um that's a Fulham win isn't it Fulham versus Wolves. I, I I don't really know. Is Mitro still out? I know he was out last game. I think, but I think Silver said it's a minor injury. Yeah, I so think he was close cast. to starting last game, so he'll probably start this game. So yeah, Lopetegui. I, I'm still unsure about him and Wolves. I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm but, yeah. so certain they'd beat Bournemouth. For them to yeah. lose 1-0 to Bournemouth is wobbly. I'm going for a 1-0 Fulham. I'm going to go if... Mi- I was going to do like an asterisk of mine if Mitro's playing. Uh, but I won't. I'll just go 2-0 Fulham. Everton versus Villa kicking off Saturday. They're all three o'clock. There's no early kickoff. No, sad. I, I like saw a tweet. Arsenal's next three games, none of them are TV watchable, which is fucked. Imagine be a real fan and go to the ground. Uh, um, imagine genuinely, 
Imagine being title-charging Arsenal. Can't even watch the game. And you can't even watch the game. Fact. Everton versus Villa. Sean Dyche versus Unai Emery. I like a Dyche. I think this will be a good game. You know? I think this will be a good game. I think this might be a draw. I don't want to go for a one-all. I like the idea of a draw. But I think... What do I think? I think Villa... I think Villa are going to lose this. I'm going to go 1-0 Everton. Okay. What yeah. did you say? I, get, I, I said 1-0, one, one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think... I, I like what I saw from Villa against Arsenal. And, yeah, so do I. But I also think Everton have been on the up, so... Yeah. Um, Leeds versus Southampton. This is the opposite. Two pretty stinkers. Well, I mean, Southampton and just beat Chelsea. Are they both managerless at the moment? They are, aren't they? They are, yeah. Although, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if I saw it confirmed. Yeah. I think the Prem tweeted it. Leeds signed Javi Garcia. Oh, Ex-Watford yeah, yeah. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's they might... I, if that's confirmed, Leeds aren't managerless, but... But yeah, Southampton have done, done all right without a manager. And, and I think Southampton are keeping in that guy that is yeah. their sub-manager. Yeah, sub- uh, yeah, yeah, manager, sub- yeah. So I can't remember who he is, but... I'm going to go game. for... I just don't know. They're both pretty poor. I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. Yeah, I think Leeds can see too many goals for it to be a nil-nil draw. I'm going to go... Oh, I'm also going to go for... Oh, am I? No, I'm going to go one... Two-one leads. Two-one leads. Okay. Yeah. Cars shut the bed there. I was all over the place. Big one. Leicester versus Arsenal. Way at King Power. Yes. For the Gooners. On Leicester, I really, it was weird, the Leicester-Man United game, because I went into that game thinking it'll be a tight game. And if you look at it on the surface, 3-0, you think, oh, Leicester got smashed. The first half, Leicester were all over Man United, but they just couldn't, they had a good result couldn't a week hit before, didn't the they? goal to save their life. Yeah, yeah, against Villa, they won 4-2. Um, so yeah, Leicester do scare me. Madison's back fit and he looks quality. Harvey Barnes, always a problem. The new Tete Giza, decent. Ian Acho, decent. So Leicester do worry me, but you can't concede free to Man United and there not be a problem there. Like, Man United weren't even that good, and you concede him free. I like Harry Suter. I think he's a good signing. Yeah. And him and Fayez, I think, can be a good defensive unit. But they conceded two last um, in the Villa. Aston Villa game. Before three. that, conceded two again. Conceded three this game. Villa, if you can get them, and arguably we're one of the best attacking teams in the league. Arguably, you are top of the table. Yeah, but I don't think we scored the most goals. Is where I was going. All right, where are you going with the result? Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal, I think. Um, West Ham versus Forest. Quite an interesting game here. Forest on the up. West Ham, pretty mediocre. Yeah, I couldn't give less of a fuck about this game. Yeah, I might go for a... Oh, I think I might go for a 1-0 West Ham. Actually, no, I'm on a 2-1 West Ham. Maybe against the grain there. Yeah, West Ham need a result, didn't they? I think... I saw a tweet that said, um, "Sorry, I just go off on a bender whenever I see, whenever we talk about one." But um, I saw a tweet that said, "If West Ham don't win this game, David Moyes gets a sack." So yeah, it's a big game, but I think Forest they're they're looking too good to be a pushover. I'm going. What did you say? Two one West Ham. I'm gonna go one one. Okay. Um, Man City playing there another newly promoted side. I say new promoted. We are over halfway through the season, but it still fits. Yeah. But they're playing Bournemouth. I don't think they can do what they've done against Forest again. I think no, they're going to be angry. I think they're going to smash more. Of, I'm going to go for a 5 nil. Yeah, I think they're going to be angry. They do have Champions League. Uh, who are they playing? Leipzig? I can't yeah, remember. Maybe. Um, they got Champions League tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, I do reckon even Man City's B team. as uh, Bournemouth, decent result against Wolves. And they look 
okay, not great. But I think even Man City's B team smash him 3 or 4 0. I'm going to go 3 0 Man City. Crystal Palace with Liverpool. And I think this game will be. Liverpool will offer two really good results. Obviously, the, the Newcastle game we didn't get a chance to talk about. And um, the week before that, they'd be. Who they beat 2 0? Who? Liverpool? Yeah. Um, so they've beaten Newcastle and they beat. Let me see if I can back up on this. I can't remember now. Was oh. it Everton? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they they beat Everton and mate, they've been looking devastated on the counter attack. Nunez with an absolute vicious strike. Gakpo like getting Dar- involved. Darwin Nunez, you know, I think he's he's a chaos baller, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of those players. He like, said he said in a recent interview that his second season is always better than his first. Season. Like he, he just explodes. will always cause you problems. He's so big, so strong, so fast. If he could get the finishing of a Haaland, he'd be probably one of the best in the world but he hasn't got that finishing. But that's okay. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think Liverpool continue their good run. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tight game. Oh, my mic's gone. But um, I'm going to give it to Liverpool 3-0. Sunday, Spurs, Chelsea, London derby. This is two stinky teams. Spurs back and forth though. Yeah, Chelsea fans, they used to call White Hart Lane three-point lane. So now it's the new Tottenham Stadium. And, but Chelsea do have a good record at Spurs, but this Chelsea is a mess. Yeah. You I can't th- lose to statistically the worst team in oh, the so league. spending 600 million. You can't. And pounds. Spurs will see this as like their best opportunity to kind of put that record that they've got against Chelsea to bed. I think Harry Kane might do something here. I'm going to go for a one all. <laughs> I see it here. One all. He'll score a goal. Yeah. I, mean. I reckon Spurs will do them. Um, I'm going to go... Three two Spurs. I mean the last the last time. I the, hope that's a good game. The last time these juicy. guys met, it was the Tuchel Conte. Uh, oh, with the handshake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to Wednesday. Wow, throwing us into the future. The first of March. Wow, what the the month Time's of the board or Euro tour? Fucking come on. Arsenal versus Everton <sighs> rematch. I can't see Arsenal losing it again. I'm going one 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I fucking hope we don't lose. Um, I'm gonna go three nil. Liverpool Wolves to round us off. I've genuinely, I said this, we've There's seen Liverpool, Liverpool versus Wolves about 14 times this season. What's, but your, what's your prediction? I, this is going to be a different one. I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool as well. Very round good. off with the same result. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. It's been Board Draw episode 36. It's been a lot of waffle in this episode, but it's also been some good shit. You love it. Follow all the socials. Really. The Board Draw Euro Tour is coming up fast and furiously. Yeah, we'll talk about it. This will come out after we do our live stream for the Champions League, but we're doing a live stream for the Champions League. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk about the Bordeaux Euro Tour in the live stream. In the live stream. So, yeah, yeah join us. Get over. involved. Thank you guys so much for watching. Follow all our socials down in the description below. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. And yeah, it's been Bordeaux and it's live.